0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. Today I do have a very specific word, and I'm preaching out of a, a text I've never preached out of before, so it's exciting for me, fresh stuff. And the title of my, my message is Unforced Family. Family. Unforced family. Say unforced. How many of you ever had to, like, fake it till you make it? In church or otherwise. Like, you just, you're forcing it. It's awkward. It's the worst. Like, you can't be yourself. It was the same thing. Abraham, when we first met, he was like, I don't know if I can really tell him everything. Because every time I tell somebody everything, I get pushed away. I don't get invited in. And I've had that experience. I I grew up in that church. I... Have no interest in playing that game any longer. And I thank God for the resting place because it is a place where you can truly be yourself. In fact, we welcome you and ask you, we beg you, please, to run in your gift lane, to run in your, the way you are. If you're quiet, be quiet. If you're loud, be loud. You know what I mean? If you stand and worship, stand. If you sit, sit. Like, whatever. Like, be yourself because family should not be forced. It should not be forced. It should not be forced. I'm not saying there's no pressure. I'm saying it shouldn't be forced. All right? Force is when you make something happen that really shouldn't happen. It's not designed that way. It's not like it's not the law of force really is that you're overcoming another law. You're overcoming something that's coming against you. And family shouldn't be that way. Family should have a flow in our diversity. Amen? And so I want to read you just this little, this little setup here because it's one of my favorites out of Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30. This is in the message paraphrase, but I just love this. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Somebody say, I've been there. Yeah, I've been there. Okay. Just as Jesus saying, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. This is the verse from the Kalab video. Come to me, and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest walk with me and work with me watch how I do it learn the unforced rhythms of grace that's the line I love this is Jesus I know it's a paraphrase but he's he's saying this is how it's like to be with me my burden is like my yoke is easy my burden is light how many of have experienced the opposite in church the I mean it's not easy it's not light something's always forced But Jesus says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Listen to this. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. What? (laughs) Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Doesn't that sound good? Come on. So there is an unforced rhythm of grace when it comes to building the family of God. There's an unforced rhythm to it. You know, it's just got a groove. You know, it just feels right. It's just like a great drummer like Ralphie, just killing it, you know, just getting you in the flow and keeping you there, right? It's an unforced rhythm when it comes to building the family of God. God does not call us to be family and then put heavy or ill-fitting things on us. We put heavy and ill-fitting things on us, okay? We put unrealistic expectations on ourselves and each other. We try to force it even though there is no real force. It's just the extras we have on, it makes us not fit. That's what's going on. Okay, so it's, this is unfortunate that it seems to be in the church commonplace to have to force family. Have you ever been to one of those Bible studies at the, at the, at the, like the Starbucks or, you know, at Panera Bread? at an ungodly hour, why is it always 5.30 or 6 a.m.? Like, why? I'm not going. Stop inviting me. I'm not coming. I'm not going. I don't understand. I'm just like, that's force. I don't even wake up till then, all right? So I don't get it. I understand, you know, getting up early. I understand the principle of Scripture. But man, for me, that's forced. Like, it's just forced. And have you ever been there where you're just, like, staring at each other, and they're just, like, reading the questions and looking at each other? And, like, thoughts? Thoughts? Anyone? Well, we'll read the next question. Well, what does it look like? Thoughts? Hmm. And then somebody just rambles on about their life for 10 minutes and they don't even answer the question. And the the person running the Bible says, like, oh, thank you so much for just saying anything. Thank you. Okay. Anybody been in those meetings? Oh, the worst. I think the Lord has something better for the church. I think there's a better design, and it, I believe it's actually seen in Scripture when Solomon builds the temple for the Lord all right, in the Old Testament. So the reason I say that is because Romans 15, 4, I don't have it on the screen. So it says, whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. Okay, so there's kind of a theme in the church that says New Testament, New Covenant. Let's just forget the Old Testament. Nah, you're in trouble. The Old Testament, all that's written before is written for our instruction that's what he wrote to the Roman church. This is the New Testament church. Say our instruction. Are you guys part of the New Covenant, the New Testament church? Yes? So the Old Testament is definitely for us. Amen? But we got to take it in the right way because there's a lot of things in there that get very confusing. Like there's the law, all right? Like people say, you can't have tattoos because the law says. I'm like, you better stand up when I walk in because I got gray hairs on my head. The law says, stand when a gray-haired man walks in the room. Okay? Okay? That's what it says. So you can't pick and choose. you got to understand the context. you got to understand the purpose. Some of those things ended at the cross. Some things passed through, like the nature and goodness of God. He's been the same yesterday, today, and forever. And some things began at the cross, like the Holy Spirit not just coming on people, but in, inside, you becoming a temple. Are you following me? So let's look at the Old Testament examples as they are meant for us and not try to lay any ill-fitting or heavy things. Because there are churches trying to keep the law right now. There are. And in Galatians, Paul is very clear. If you want to keep the whole law, or if you want to keep one part of the law, you better keep all of the law. Because even if if you don't keep one little thing, you're accused of breaking the whole thing. That's what he says. So if you, there's other stuff in there like, like, (laughs) don't sit in a chair uh, that a woman has sat in during her menstrual period. That's in the law. We got to like throw these chairs out once a month and buy new ones because we might not, we don't know. Because we'd be lawbreakers. Come on, I know you're like, that's gross. That's in the law, so you want to get mad about tattoos? You get, don't wear golden earrings as the Egyptians do. Sorry, sister friend, get those golden earrings out. Stop. Come on, Heather, take them out. You're a lawbreaker. Don't wear clothing with two kinds of thread in it. Uh, to be a law-abiding church today, we'd all have to strip. Please stop the madness right stop don't do that but we can look at the old testament and find instruction for us there is instruction stuff that's going to put structure within instruction are you with me okay this is all my introduction so get ready i'm about to preach the sermon solomon builds the temple that david saw david his father saw wanted to build a temple and god said no you got too much blood on your hands that's not for you to do and how many know that God will not let you go beyond your season? You might try, but he won't let you because it's not good for you. It's not good for you. He wants you to stay in your season, and you've got to transition when it's time and give things away. So David was, I know that the scriptures are clear, but I believe that in the dialogue between David and God, you can see this passion for, for God that David has, that God says, I know you really want to do that, but it's not for you to do. You're blessing me by wanting to do it, but it's not for you. It's for your son. It's for the next generation and that that is a very difficult thing for leaders to do it's a very difficult thing okay I I personally have had this same difficulty like South Tampa is one thing like we planted it and put Abraham in place Tampa's another thing I that's I started this church and I gave away my home campus to other pastors I don't'm not the pastor of any of the campuses I lead the pastors. you know how difficult that is even to this day it's difficult honestly. I'm like, well, I feel like a man without a country. A man with, I've always had a home church my whole life. And now the church I planted isn't even my church, you know. Does that make sense? So it's very, it's a, I'm speaking from experience. It's a very difficult thing to pass things on, to give them away. And David had that struggle. But Solomon was the one anointed to build the temple. Amen? Amen? So in the, uh, we're not going to read it all, but you can write this down. In 1 Kings chapter 6-9. through 9, and Second Chronicles chapter two through seven. If you're a Bible nerd like me, you want to know these things. That's where you can read the story. First Kings six through nine and Second Chronicles two through seven. Those are chapters, not two verse seven. That's chapter two verse chapter to chapter seven. All right, six to nine chapter uh, in First Kings and then Second Chronicles two through seven. Because so I don't have time to read it all, but I just want to tell you Solomon gets the task and he gets the the details from God. God says, build it this way, very specific. All right, it says build it this way, and he gives some very, um, not just what needs to happen, but how it needs to happen, okay? And I believe this is a prophetic picture of what God is doing today in the church. Are you following me? Is everyone okay? I know, I'm very much a teacher. Abraham is a preacher, okay? Boy can preach the paint off the walls. I mean, he's the best preacher we have. Him and Joel, it's the Puerto Ricans. What is it? What is it with you Puerto Ricans? They can preach. Carolwood, Carolwood, the... Pastor Porter and he, man, but I'm a teacher, so I'm going to go line by line with you. I'm a little, I'm a little nerdy. All right, I hope that's okay. And we're going to go through this concept by concept. The Old Testament again is for our instruction. Say our instruction, and I believe it's a prophetic picture, meaning it was a a model for us to follow in the New Covenant. Even the Bible says in Colossians that all the things before are types and shadows, but the substance belongs to Christ. So I'm not following a shadow, I'm following the substance. I don't want the shadow, I want the substance. But the shadow instructs me about the substance. You see a shadow, there's gotta be something over there. So if you pick up the shadow, you can find the substance. Are you following me? Everybody okay? All right, I am going slow. I'm gonna speed up in a minute. (laughs) So this is the on-ramp. Conceptually, hopefully you know this, individually we are a temple like Zach is a temple. Abraham is a temple of the Holy Spirit according to 1st 1 Corinthians 6:19 through 20. I have that for you. 1 Corinthians 6:19 through 20 says, "Do you not know that your body is a temple for the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body." So that means you need to eat right. That means you need to exercise. That means you need to abstain from sexual immorality. That means you need to Keep your body holy unto the Lord. That's not law. We saw shadows of that. Don't eat this, do eat that, things like that. And now there's substance that says you got the Holy Spirit in you. Like God's first name is Holy. Last name, Spirit. All right, that's a little joke. Holy. His first name. I want to know him by his first name. Holy, holy, holy. That's what the angels are saying right now. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Amen. You believe that Jesus has ascended at the right hand of God? You believe the angels are encircling him, giving him praise forever? Am I talking to the Presbyterian campus of the resting place? Or am I talking to the rest of Where are you? You're so quiet. It's confusing me. I'm just confused. I know I'm teaching, and I know that's why. But you still usually got a little more something. I don't know. You are not your own. So stop eating so much sugar. It's poison. You can have some. You can have some, but don't use so much, all right? Literally, I was a coffee guy that did coffee with creamer that's sweet and three heapers of sugar because that's the way my dad taught me. he just throw a few heapers in there. And I'm like, oh, what's a heaper? He's like, like this. It's a huge spoon. <laughs> so I have cut it out. Yeah, he's like, I need coffee. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> I've cut out the sugar, and now I've just gone to Whole milk, and I use maple syrup, just a little bit of maple syrup. And it's great. It took a process. It felt like death. But I transitioned, all right, because that stuff was killing me. It's poison. It is. Glorify God in your your body. You are the temple. Are you hearing me? But not only are we individually a temple, corporately we are the temple. This is where I'm going today. 1 Peter 2, 4 through 5. 1 Peter two, four through five says, as you come to him, this is Jesus, a living stone, say living, a living stone rejected by man. But in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves like living stones, say living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So we need to get out of the individualistic mindset that we have adopted through our Western culture. That it's just me against the world. It's just me and Jesus. Jesus is my pastor. You know how many times I've heard that? Oh, it's so dangerous. You run. Like if somebody is like calling themselves a prophet, you should ask them. First question, what home church do you belong to? Who's your pastor? And it's like, "Uh, Jesus is my pastor. Run. Do not listen to those people. I'm sorry. They are not going to be balanced. Even if they're well-intentioned, they are not going to be balanced until they're in the home. We were talking about this earlier. Abraham brought in a plant from outside because outside it was getting scorched. He brought it inside, and he's like, now that it's inside, it's, it's blossoming. I'm like, because you're going to blossom inside the church more than you think, more than outside the church. And we made the distinction, inside a healthy church, you blossom, even though outside of unhealthy churches, you might be better off. But inside a healthy churches, you're going to blossom. And a healthy church has pastors who have pastors. You know, I have pastors. I have men who can take this microphone from me right now. I am accountable. Their names are Lynn Harper, James Dobbswhite, and Timothy Hires. Those are trustee members of this church. They can literally fire me. You understand? I'm accountable. So anyone who thinks that they can thrive outside of the construct of the church is fooling themselves. It's not safe for you. Why? Because we're being built as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, all right? That's your hood. You got to live in that hood, all right? The priesthood, you can't live by yourself off in the the wilderness. The monks tried that, and there was no effectiveness for the gospel. It's like we're going to be holy, separated. We're going to live over here in the mountains, and we're not going to talk to anybody. We're going to literally take a vow of silence. And the gospel suffered during those ages. They called them the dark ages. Hello? Because the most holy hid. You should be hidden in Christ, but shining. Arising and shining for your light has come. Okay. Man, I'm starting to preach. I got the Abraham anointing over here. All right, We need to renew our thinking to be, get this, community constructed. Community constructed and family focused. Community constructed, meaning I need you and you need me. Like stones of a temple being built on one another. So we're not in this paradigm, we are not ever called to force our individual selves into the corporate setting. You are individually a temple of the Holy Spirit, but we are the temple of God. And you're not supposed to need to force yourself into that temple. And so that is, I said all that just to say this, 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 7. This is part of the process when Solomon is building the temple. Our prophetic picture of how God wants to build today. Are you following me? I know I'm I prepared a teaching for you. So here we are. All right. This is part of the process. He says, it says, in building the temple, only blocks dressed at the quarry were used. And no hammer, chisel, or any other iron tool was heard at the temple site while it was being built. What meaneth this? <laughs> You're looking at me like, what does that have to do with anything? Well, God has a format. This is the shadow. This is the prophetic picture. It says only blocks dressed at the quarry. You got to understand, you can come to Israel with me. I'm going in February with global celebration. Absolutely. Let's go. I've been there 10 times. I've been to the Temple Mount. I've been to the Western Wall. I put my hands on this temple, the second temple rebuilt, the one wall that's still standing. Okay. When they built this temple, these stones are Fitting perfectly together. They're fitting. There's nothing in between them. It's just stone on stone. Stone on stone. They're right. They're just not like what we do with bricks and like mortar. They're right on top because they were dressed at the quarry and then brought. But here's the important thing about this. There was no sound of hammer, chisel, or any other iron tool at the temple site while it was being built. And what I want to say to you is God has known us before there wasn't us. He has dressed us in the quarry. Our real selves. He knit us together in our mother's womb. Psalm 139.13. 13. Your real self was knit together in your mother's womb. You might be not acting like yourself. You might be acting a fool. But he knit the real you together in your mother's womb. Right? He knew, he, before we were born, he knew us according to Jeremiah 1.5. Are you following me? He chose us before the, even the foundation of the world according to Ephesians 1.4. He has dressed us in the quarry. To dress a stone is to cut it, to shape it. You understand that the whole DNA of God comes inside of you? When you say yes to Jesus, you're born again, not of the flesh, but of the spirit. And Peter says that's imperishable, see, not perishable. So all that you need to be, your true self in God is in you already. You've been dressed at the quarry. Are you following me? You've been dressed at the quarry. You have been prepared. He's actually prepared, not just you, but good works for you to walk in them. You've been dressed at the quarry. So when we are our true God-formed selves, family is unforced and easy. Just stone on stone, fit like perfect puzzle piece. I am, I am on a mission to take over TikTok. Okay, I am. I want to take over TikTok. I want to take TikTok for the kingdom. I do. I do. So I'm doing it. I've got 57,000 followers on there, multiple views over 400,000. I'm going for it. I'm preaching the gospel. People eating it up. But my TikTok timeline is not a bunch of preaching. My TikTok timeline is all of the DIY stuff in houses. I don't know why. I just love that stuff. I don't know why. I love watching drywall get finished. I don't know why. I love watching the, the pieces come together. You know, and one of them is like, I don't know who they are, but they do these metal crafts. And what they do is they craft these pieces of metal so well that they just take it and they put it on top and it literally just goes, Have you seen these videos where they just fits together perfectly and there's no seams? It's seamless. It just goes, shoo, I love I could watch those all day. I don't know why. I love seeing those videos where it just goes, oh, perfect fit. It's been designed already and it fits perfectly. And that's what I think of when I go onto this. Follow me on TikTok. I don't know. All right. But our true God-formed selves fit together perfectly. Abraham's true God-formed self fits with Caleb, even though we're very different. Except for our hairstyle, we are extremely different. (laughs) Except that's the one thing we got in common. No, I'm joking. Obviously. All right. We are very different people that fit perfectly. Is that true? And the more we are ourselves in God, the better we fit. The more we carry our own Ill-fitting, heavy expectations of the world or even expectations of the religionists, the law, the brothers-in-law, the well-meaning brothers-in-law who teach law in the church. That's what I call them, brothers-in-law. Okay. Well-meaning, but brothers-in-law. I'm like, bro, I am not under the law of sin and death. I am in the law of grace, of spirit of life, according to Romans 8, two. All right. That's not my... Anyway, these pictures, it says in 1 Kings 6, 7. It says no hammer, no chisel, nor any other iron tool. I believe these are pictures, okay? So when it says hammer, I believe that means that this is a picture of not having to force something in place. So think about it. The temple, the temple stones were dressed at the quarry. They brought them over and just placed them. Boom. There wasn't any hammer going, make that thing fit. Bang, 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 bang. It says no chisel. This is a picture of not having to remove small pieces of ourselves in order to fit in. A chisel is a small instrument. You remove small chunks. Like, okay, I can go to that church, but I can't tell them about this part of my life. I can be a part of that, but I'm not going to act like this around them. They're not going to know me in this way. That's the chisel working at the temple site. Inappropriate. And then when it says no iron tool, this is actually the Hebrew word for axe. An axe. A big chisel. Okay, so the small, the chisel is a picture of not having to remove small pieces. The axe is a picture of not having to change big things about yourself in order to fit into the family. I don't know. Isn't that cool? No hammer, bang, 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 no chisel, tink ding, tink. and no axe. to make you fit. None of that was heard at the building of the temple site. It just was stone fitting in place. Perfect. New stone. Perfect. Why? Because they've already been dressed in the quarry. Just as you were knit together in your mother's womb. Just as he knew you before the foundation of the world. Before you even formed, I knew you. Come on. This is a good word. So none of these things should be heard while the temple of God is being built. If we have to force ourselves in, something's wrong in the family. If we have to change small parts of our personality to, in order to fit in, something's wrong in the family. If we have to chop off huge portions of who we truly are, something's wrong in the family. And all of this is in balance with what our true selves are in Christ. I'm not saying you can bring your sin into the house of God and it's accepted. I'm not saying you can bring foolishness or disorder or any of that stuff. I'm saying your true self, hidden in Christ. Colossians 3.3 3 says you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Let me say this to you. If it's not godly, then it's not in God, and it's not your real life. I'll say it again. If it's not godly, then it's not in God, and it's not your real life. It's not the real you. The book of Hebrews says let us throw off every weight And sin that so easily entangles us so that we can run the race with endurance. Let me help you. You're not running that race alone. So many of us think we need to just get free even of the church in order to run the race. No, you do not. You need to run with the pack. Amen. There's safety in numbers. Amen. You know why that parable of leaving the 99 to find the one? You know why he could leave the 99? Because they were together. A shepherd can leave a flock that's together. To go get the one who's alone and isolated. Come on, it's that strength in numbers. It's that fitting together. I hope this is helping you today. So I'm not saying we're gonna bring. We should bring. You know, just accept them. Oh, they gossip. Let's just accept them. Their family. Let them gossip. No, correct the gossip. That was not dressed at the quarry. You put that on. You put that dress on, sister. After the quarry. All right. I'm saying we ain't doing that. We're not going to do dishonor. Here we honor and power, have faith for everyone. So especially those. Those aren't our only values, but those are our core values. You want to come in and say that we can't, to what Abraham just said, the church in the streets. He just said we have faith for everyone. That's what he said. He said, I'm not, it's God's desire that none would perish, but all would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's what he said. But some people in church might be triggered by his language. Like, what do you mean the church? They're not the church. He's like, they're going to be. That's faith for everyone. That's the desire of God. Some will reject Jesus. No doubt. We know this from the scriptures. Some will reject him. They say, how could that be? They rejected him while he was in the flesh. Like, so of course, of course, some will reject him. Sheeps and goats divided at the end of the day. But it's not our job to divide the sheeps and the goats. It's our job to go get the one. That's faith for everyone. We have values. If you're going to come in here and say, no, 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 those people are too far gone, sorry, you can't bring that in the family. We're calling you fam, but you can't be like that. And if you choose to run your own race on your own because you need to believe that God is rejecting some and accepting others, good luck. (laughs) That's not who we are. So I'm not saying we compromise the truths of scriptures. I want to be very clear today. I'm not saying let's just make sure everybody fits. You know, let's just not preach certain passages. You guys, I go to all these. <laughs> no, don't say that. How do I say that? <laughs> Holy Ghost throws the handbrake sometimes like, nope. <laughs> yep. How do I say it then? <laughs> it feels important. I'm having a conversation with the Lord right now. Just Okay. I've been in multiple environments where leaders, leaders in the church, my gosh, it's hard. I don't want to dishonor anybody. I want to honor everyone. But I'm not going to honor dishonor. I honor everyone, not everything. So I'm not going to use any names. I'm not going to, if you're thinking of a face or a name, I'm not in your head, so I'm not thinking of those people, all right? Fair? Lots of pastors, lots of leaders, all they do is complain about the way other churches do things. Lots of them. And they they get gripey. It's a gripe session about their sheep. They talk about sheep bite. They talk about those things. And it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong. I can tell you, our pastors don't talk like that. If they started, they're gonna get a kick in the teeth from me. They're gonna get. I. I, I will. I mean, have you ever seen like one of those UFC fighters? I'm talking spiritually, not physically. But UFC, they do. It looks like a donkey kick where they're like, yeah, right in like the face. I don't know. Sorry, that's super violent. That's what I will do in the spirit. Abraham starts griping about y'all, if he ever did, if he did. I always say, can you even imagine? I can't even imagine. He's like, these people, they're so obnoxious. No. But on the other hand, there are some pastors who all they do, church leaders, who all they do is think, we don't want to offend anybody. Oh, no one does anything wrong in my church. We don't have any scandal. Nobody is sinning. No. You know, it's what you call the seeker-friendly model. So those two extremes are both wrong. Are you with me? They're both wrong. You know, Ecclesiastes says, a man of God will avoid all extremes. Do not be overly wicked. Do not be overly righteous. That's what it says. Look in your Bible. So don't be extreme. There is a way. His name is Yahweh, the way, the life, the truth, Jesus. It's a balanced way, but it's not without pressure. Stone on stone, you're going to feel that stone above you, and that stone below you is going to feel you, and you're going to rub shoulders with another stone. Come on. So it's not a pressure-free environment. It's an unforced environment. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes? So when God said to Solomon, uh, or what God said to Solomon at the completion of the temple is very curious to me. You've heard this verse many times, but I'm not sure you heard it in context, okay? Second Chronicles 7.14. This is when Solomon completed the temple. This is one of the things God said. You can check me. 2nd Chronicles 7:14. If my people, come on. You probably know this. who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Let me help you. One of our wicked ways is trying to go our own way. Trying to do our own thing. Not looking for where we fit in the family, but deciding We know better on our own. And it's a reaction. I know. It's usually an overreaction to the abuses in church. I understand that. But it still is wrong. It's still wrong. Okay. One of our wicked ways is going our own way. The first thing that God said was not good. Does anybody know? very first thing. For man to be alone. I know that's the context of Adam and Eve. But there's a principle within it. All that's written before is for our instruction. It's not good for mankind. That's what Adam is, mankind. And he was a little a-dumb, but Adam means mankind. Okay? <laughs> we all would have been uh, dumb in that moment, all right? It's, it's a picture of all of us, right? Come on. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> anyway, the very first thing out of God's mouth is it's not good for you to be alone. But so many of us are trying to go our own way. And you might even be a part of this congregation and feel like you don't fit. But it might be some misconception thinking I need to be more wild or I need to be less that or I need to get rid of this part. No, no, no. You've been dressed in the quarry. We want the real you. Please bring it. We need it for the temple. It's the spiritual sacrifice. It's the royal priesthood that's being built by God. And if you're not there, we're missing a block in the wall. We're missing a piece of the wall. We're exposed. We, things leak that shouldn't leak. People, you can't build properly. You miss one link in the chain, everything comes crashing down. Are you with me? Come on. I've even done the excavation tour down in Israel, and you should do this. If you go, go all the way down into the bottom where they keep excavating, and they have found the foundation of the first temple because they're built a little bit off of each other. They found it. It's crazy. I did that. It takes 45 minutes to get there underground. You're just weaving down in there, and I look down, and it's like a big, like 80-foot drop from the platform. And I look down, and they got the lights down there, and they're excavating it, and you can see the foundation. I saw the corner of this temple that's being spoken of in this passage. Amazing. And all of those stones fit perfectly. There was no sound of hammer or chisel or axe at the construction site. It was easy. It was unforced. It was restful. So we should embrace our true selves in God, created by God, in order to be the family of God. We should embrace our true selves. Zach, your prophetic unction, true self. You need to embrace it. I know you are. Thank you. You're going to the Jesus lab. You're blowing it up. You're doing great, man. You're embracing that. Where he was quiet, he's now being loud. Even though he has a quieter personality, the Lord says, speak, and he speaks, and it gets loud. And it's good embrace your true selves in God. I'm not saying outside of God. I'm not saying put bad things on the stone and try to make it fit. I'm not saying being secret sensitive. I'm not saying ignore sin. I'm not, are you hearing me? I want to be very clear. Our true selves in God, created by God, in order to be the family of God. When we do, it will be easy and unforced. Easy and unforced. I just think we need to pray. I don't know if you guys have a song planned or not, but I just want to I just want to pray because so many of us have heard too many hammers. <laughs> a lot of us have heard way too many hammers and chisels and axes and it breaks my heart when I meet someone like Abraham and he tells me all the stories when I meet many of you you told me your stories. Of times where the family of God ignorantly tried to force it, tried to make you be something you were not because Maybe they were insecure. I don't know. But I say to you what I said to Abraham. I repent. If you're listening to this podcast later, I repent on behalf of church leaders who tried to make you into something you're not in order to accept you. And I say God created you in your mother's womb. God knit you together. He didn't create you in order to be wicked or sinful. So if there is wickedness, if there is sinfulness, leave that behind you. But come into your true self. This is my prayer for everyone in the room. And listening online, I pray you would come into your true self in God. Come on, maybe just put your hand on your heart and just engage with this and say, Lord, help me to do this. Come into your true self in God, created by God, so that you can come into the family unforced. Let there be a, an unveiling of your true person, your gifts, your personality, your, your specific DNA is needed You're needed. I just want to say to everyone here, you are needed. I feel like the Lord is saying, I need you for the temple. But I need you to stop trying to be like that person. I need you to stop trying to be like your dad. Or I need you to stop trying to be like your brother. I need you to stop trying to be like somebody else. You don't fit in your spot when you're like them. You only fit in your spot when you're like you, the one I created you to be. So throw off every weight. Come on. Throw off every weight every ill-fitting thing, every heavy thing that is not of the Lord, that is not designed for you to thrive. Throw it off and let the Lord himself place you, place you unforced in the family. God, I pray right now for the South Tampa campus and for every campus of the resting place and for the Church of Tampa Bay. Let us get a revelation. Let us see from your word who we really are. Let us see our life hidden in you, in the way we're supposed to be, so that, so that, not just for ourselves, not just for us to have a better awareness of ourselves. That's the world. The world says, be the best you, just for you. The world says, be the best version of yourself, just for you. It's selfish. It's selfish. But the word, the church says, be your true self for us. Come on, somebody, listen to me. The Lord is saying, be your true self for us we need you to be yourself not for you not for you to have a, a more more confidence for you to get that job for you no you being yourself is not for yourself it's for us i hear the lord saying be yourself for us and get rid of the wicked ways get rid of the things that don't fit That sin is killing you, man. Leave it behind. It's not for you. It doesn't fit. And that's why it feels like it's forced. So Lord Jesus, remove the sound of hammers from our churches. Remove them. Remove the sound of the chisel from our hearts. Remove the axes that try to chop away and say you can't be that. And show us, Lord, where we fit. Lord Jesus, I don't even care if this congregation isn't where someone fits. God bless you. No one's mad about it. Find the one where you fit and take your place on the wall. Take your place in the temple. Even if this room in this church doesn't fit you, it's fine. You're not outside the family. You're just not on our part of the wall. Praise God. Find your part of the wall and fit in the family. Come on. Lord Jesus, I pray for revelation, for, for courage, courage right now, to step in and be placed where you want us. Place us, Lord, where you want us. Can you just pray that to the Lord? Lord, place me where you want me. You've dressed me in the core. You've known me in my mother's womb. You've known me before the foundation of the earth. You've made me to be everything I am supposed to be. Place me now, Lord. Come on, pray. Pray to the Lord. Place me now. Place me now. I need to be in the family, unforced. Lord, let an unforced family arise in Tampa Bay. Let it be real, not just statements. Let it be true, not just words. Let it be real life, God. We bless you, Lord. We trust you, God. You are well able to build your house. You are well able to advance your kingdom. So we trust you with it. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored empowered and full of faith because of what you hear and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.